The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy. It is our preview show Thursday evening. We're recording this about an hour before Thursday Night Football. I'm Simon Clancy, as always, my friends, Alfredo Artiaga, Chris Kaufman. Gents, how are we? Great. Excellent, Chris. It's a victory week. It's victory week. It's always victory week at the moment, which is a wonderful. It's revenge thing. week. It, well, it's it's why is it revenge week? Well, uh, Denver has seems to have a lot of connections to this team. Okay, fine. I mean, yeah, fuck that. Fuck it's Denver. not my revenge. <laughs> Three yards per carry, as always, is brought to you by Prize Picks. In a minute, we will get to our preview. But Prize Picks use promo code Three Yards, the number three Y A R D S, to get a hundred dollar match bonus. On your one hundred dollar deposit. Also, at Better Edge, go to betteredge.com forward slash five reasons and get twenty dollars for signing up. To gopuff.com, use promo code welcome ten ten. That's one zero one zero. Get ten dollars off your first ten orders. Factormeals.com, use promo code three. The number three yards per carry fifty five zero and get fifty percent off your first order. And by discountlots.com, call six six one four eight five four zero eight six and use promo code five f i v e for ten percent discount and discover how land ownership is made easy dolphin stadium on sunday early kickoff six o'clock window if you're in the united kingdom one o'clock if you're in the united states it should be hot the incoming denver broncos who blew a big lead and a comfortable lead against the Washington Commanders last week, where uh, first-year starting quarterback Sam Howell was 8 of 9 in the second half as the Commanders came back under Howell's arm and the running of Brian Robinson, the former teammate, of course, of our very own Tua Tungavailoa, who is the leading quarterback in the National Football League as it stands today, all of which sounds pretty good for the 2-0 Miami Dolphins. So, as we always do, first half will be what happens when the Dolphins have the ball, second half is what happens when the Broncos have the ball. So, let's kick off by looking... And welcoming back uh, a former defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. In fact, somebody who was talked about as a potential head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Thankfully, and that's a big thankfully, we ended up with the guy that we've got, the wonderful Mike McDaniel. But the guys, the Broncos really struggling at the moment. A lot of injuries. Justin Simmons mispracticed today. The all-pro safety. They've already got Caden Stearns on injured reserve um, out for the first four weeks. PJ Locke is injured. K1 Williams, the corner, is injured. Riley Moss, their rookie from Iowa, was a healthy scratch last week. Um, they had to bring in, because after Kareem Jackson got ejected from the game for that terrible late hit on Logan Thomas, they brought in Delara in Turner Yell, the second year sixth rounder, who then got injured himself. And they had to, they literally had to move um, their Isang Bassi, their, their nickel corner to play safety. So this is a, uh, this is a unit that is, that is really struggling. Uh, they're struggling in the red zone, but especially that secondary is all over the place, giving up. I, I mean, the, the the worst team against screens in the league. Uh, they're the third worst team in the league against explosive plays down the field. 
So it feels like coming in, Chris, that there could be opportunities for the Dolphins to move the ball. Yeah, I think that this is uh, this is definitely an opportunity to throw some, uh, I guess, some fireworks in front of the home crowd. And I think that that's going to be kind of a focus for some of the players. I think that they're going to be amped up for their for their home opener. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of that. I think there's a little something extra in it probably for the play caller as well on offense. So I, I think, yeah, I, I do think while we all think that uh, it'd be nice to um, to establish the run and, you know, do the things that we talked about before the season, before that uh, Chargers game when they just decided they don't need to run the ball at all. Um, I think this one could be another one where we see some, you know, some emphasis on uh, giving the crowd a show. Yeah, Alf, they are the worst team in the league uh, through two weeks with defensive penalties, 12, seven of which have come on third and fourth down. And actually they've had two in their first two games, two massive third down penalties that extended opponents' fourth quarter drives when the Broncos had a chance to get the ball back. Um, five of those defensive penalties have been personal fouls, um, which has been a massive issue. And Alex Singleton said this week, look, we've just got to clean all that sort of stuff up. But those back-breaking penalties are the sorts of things that, especially in the heat, you know, when people's, you know, you're on the edge because you, you, you know, you're at your physical limitation. Those sorts of things just begin to to mount up, don't they? Penalties become, you know, you push a guy because you're hot and you're tired. You've been chasing around Tyreek Hill for, for 64, 55 minutes. That can be an issue and something the Dolphins can can, can work on, really. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's ever been a game where, and uh, Chris has talked about this a lot, how Tua Tungvaluwa tends to play the game a little bit more per- personally. If there's ever a game where you're going to play this game personally, you're going to avoid Pat Sertan Jr. And you're going to target Damari Mathis. Uh, last year, he had a so-so year. He was better toward the end of the year. And everybody kept saying, you know, next year, this this kid's going to, you know, he really has something. Well, this year, he's been targeted 14 times. He's given up 13 receptions and 14 targets. He's given up a passer rating of 146 and four, 135 yards and three touchdowns in two games. He's been an absolute dumpster fire. And even if Jalen Waddle doesn't play, I do expect him to be the focal point of the entire pass offense. And as far as the type of defense that Vance Joseph is going to employ, it's the same thing it's been since he was here for that stint here in Miami. He he runs a pressure five system. He likes to bring five guys in pressure. You do that against this offense, and you're probably asking for trouble since they're getting rid of the ball so quickly. So I do expect fireworks. Struggling with their run fits as well in the run game, Chris. And, you know, this looks like it's trending to a week where Savan Ahmed, after a, a second successive solid performance against New England, uh, looks like he might miss the game with a groin injury. So uh, extra um, pressure, as it were, on Devon A-Chain. Obviously, Raheem Mostert coming off the big game. Do you expect potentially a, a Darrington Evans to, to come up from the practice squad? Do we expect Chris Brooks to get the ball? How do you see that shaking out? And do you think that despite the ability for Miami to potentially move the ball against a weakened uh, and, and potentially really weakened sec- secondary of Justin Simmons is out, do you still see Mike McDaniel using the run game we had an equal amount i think 31 passes 31 runs against the patriots which felt a lot more comfortable in terms of just the the way the offense should work and a, a little bit more balanced than it was in week one yeah i i normally you would you would think so and and we've been talking about this all through preseason and you know how we expect uh, mike mcdaniel to to really emphasize this a lot more um but in this game i'm not sure i buy 
because if you're ta- if you're looking at the, the the defense and the makeup and the the strengths that they have and weaknesses that they have coming into the game, um, you know, obviously they're going to pull back in the coverage. They're going to be very afraid of uh, of what what Miami could do in the passing game. But I think with uh, this provides an opportunity and an opportunity that Mike McDaniel might be gunning for really. Uh, to get Devon A. Chain uh, in into the game, and not just as a runner, but you know, as on screen passes and things like that. Yeah. Uh, this is, as you said, this is the worst team against screens in the league. Um, so I think that uh, you have a defense that's going to try and pressure with five a lot, um, and you have some holes in the secondary. Uh, I think that they're going to try and take take a little edge off of the uh, the pass rush with screens and things like that. And also just keep in mind, in front of your home crowd, you know, you're not worried about uh, communication problems. You're not worried about crowd noise or anything like that. Um, silence, uh, silent counts or, you know, anything. So they're going to they're going to really be in their bag. And when they're really in their bag, I'm not sure that they're really in their bag on the run game. And so I, th- I think that, yeah, Devon A-Chain really is going to have an opportunity. And he saw that foreshadowed a little bit, I think, last week when uh, Savan Ahmed did go out, um, who's, you know, who was the next guy up? Um, I think, uh, but o- overall, you know, I think that they're going to try and get this passing game going. And it might be in inventive ways. Um, there might be Eric Azakama involved in the backfield, things like that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I do think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of well, you know, explosive, uh, explosive tendencies or explosive um, seeking in the in the offensive play calling uh, and you know, passing really. Yeah, Alf. In your previous answer, you mentioned Jalen Waddle, and we don't know at this stage hasn't practiced this week, remains in concussion protocol, so we don't know whether or not he's going to play. We actually had a very funny moment just before we came on air when Chris uh, jumped into the WhatsApp group to to make a mention of uh, Jalen. We weren't sure which Jalen he was talking about. So I asked whether it was Jalen Phillips or Jalen Waddle. And actually, it turned out to be Jalen Ramsey. Not Jalen Twyman? Not Jalen Twyman? Not Jalen Twyman? Not Jalen Twyman, unfortunately. No. I mean, why would it be Jalen Twyman? I don't know. It was the fourth. Not even on the team. No, he did not make the team. <laughs> Although I wanted him to make the team so we could have four Jalen's on there. But Absolutely. No. Did anybody? Did anybody, by the way, see the um, the Jalen Jalen Phillips the t shirt that he wore? Uh, no, he wore an Ed Ed and Eddie t shirt that cartoon. Except it was Jalen Jalen and Jalen. Yes, very nice. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, very nice. You would imagine, uh, Alf, if Jalen Waddle doesn't play, that obviously Cedric Wilson, who's been a healthy scratch for the first two weeks. Uh, takes a an active role. Would you expect Robbie Chosen, Robbie Anderson, to to come up from the practice squad? I think Brandon Sanders still struggling a little bit with injury, and I, I wouldn't suspect Riley Webb would would be brought up. So, I would imagine that Chosen would be the guy that would potentially come up should he be needed. Yeah, I, I would expect Chosen to be activated, but I would expect the the snaps to to go to Cedric Wilson. And if they don't, then we're gonna need some answers. Like, uh, th- is this the doghouse, or are they saving him because they have a trade in place? Because there's no reason for him to be inactive the first two weeks. And now when the snaps open up, he's not active again or he's buried in special teams. Uh, I would expect Cedric Wilson to be, I wouldn't say a focal point, but I do expect some of those snaps to go his way. Well, a- but, but I think the River Craycraft is the guy who's probably earned a lot of those snaps and we'll get yeah. them. He's playing. Yeah, really I think well from season. a fantasy standpoint, Alf, you're gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna try and get 
get hold of Robbie Chosen or uh, Cedric Wilson, it's it's river. It's going to be a River Craycraft day, mm-hmm. like in terms of fantasy. Uh, second, probably second only, probably second only to uh, to Tyreek Hill in terms of you know targets and uh, and and act, overall activity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, before we go to break, when the Dolphins are on offense, obviously we've talked about the secondary. Obviously, we've talked about the running game. I'm sure you guys talked on Monday night about the impressive, continued impressive performance of the offensive line. I think the ninth-ranked unit in the NFL, expecting Teron Armstead to be back this week, potentially, but it's certainly trending towards that way, which will probably mean Kendall Lamb goes to the bench unless he goes to right tackle, which I think we'd all uh, approve of, but I suspect probably won't happen. Um, but you know, in terms of their ability, they being Denver's ability to rush the passer, uh, it obviously looks as though, again, trending towards Frank Clark not being able to play. But in Nick Benito, in Jonathan Cooper, in Randy Gregory, um, and in the rookie Drew Sanders, albeit from from kind of blitzes from the second level, but certainly the first three got the ability to get to the quarterback. Do you see that as being a potential issue for the Dolphins, or do you think that the offensive line is playing well enough to be able to handle those sorts of things? I mean, the job that the the job that Butch Barry has done is has been you know absolutely remarkable given where we were at the end of last season. Yeah, I'm not going to take away any credit from Butch Barry, and this is his week. Since uh, this is the team that that got rid of him in season, fired him in season, which is something that you don't necessarily see every day. And he's the guy whose local media in Denver decided that it was a good idea to just completely eviscerate him in the offseason when he got the job here in Miami. I'm not going to take any any credit away from him. He actually deserves a lot of credit with the development that some of these younger guys have actually put on just, you know, like Keon Smith and so forth, even Austin Jackson. But I think Mike McDaniel really deserves a lot of credit. All those run actions that they ran against New England, uh, I charted the entire game and Austin Jackson, and this was a, a bone of contention on on OnlyFans the, this past week. How good was Austin Jackson? Well, my estimation was this. Austin Jackson was really good against everybody not named Matthew Judon. And I understand that Matthew Judon is an all-pro and he shouldn't, dominate him but it was only six instances where he was in pass pro against Matthew Judon and he gave up a sack and a pressure so we are pretty much still at the ground floor with Austin Jackson as a talent in pass pro but as a run blocker he was absolutely exceptional in this game and I think Mike McDaniel I'm not going to say go as far as to say that they're hiding their flaws but they're augmenting their their how, how should I say this? They're they're not really hiding their flaws. They're they're accentuating their positives, let's just say. Because Austin Jackson was actually left backside one-on-one to block in the run game for most of the game, and he was actually spot on. But the issue still remains in pass pro. And I think Mike McDaniel is handling that, and Tua is handling it even better by getting rid of it and actually having that. Like, he, he, was, he, was, he was posed the question, you know, your spidey senses. And he says, yeah, you yeah, know, I, I can sense when, when the when the pressure's coming and I'm getting rid of it. He's being much, much better at that. But uh, yeah, I completely agree. But Sperry deserves credit. But it's it's more, I, I w- if the credit has to go somewhere, it's Mike McDaniel's 60-40. Yeah, I agree. I agree it's McDaniel, actually. I think if you've got, you know, you've got a vulnerable quarterback and we know, we, we obviously don't need to go into it. We know the backstory. 
And the reason you go into the offseason and you know your offensive line isn't amazing, what you do is you just quicken the tempo of the offense even more in terms of the ability to get the ball out quickly because you know you're playing to the to the strengths of the quarterback. He is the most anticipatory quarterback in the league and he is the, a quarterback who potentially just reads and sees and feels and understands as well as any of the top-tier guys that you want to mention, whether Burrow, Lawrence, Mahomes, whatever. That that is his. These are his superpowers. So I credit McDaniel with uh, with doing that. And we shall see what happens when they're on the field on Sunday. You're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. We should be back in a moment. But first, have a listen to this. Let me introduce you to DiscountLots.com. You can become a landowner for less than $500 down and in less than five minutes. You heard that right. Discount Lots has transformed land ownership. No more hefty down payments, fees, and credit score worries. Now, imagine owning a piece of property with just a $1 down payment and $300 documentation fee. DiscountLots.com makes that possible. And here's the kicker. You will get an extra 10% off any property by using the promo code 5 that's the word five, F-I-V-E. Discount Lots makes land ownership accessible to everyone with no credit checks, no background checks, and no income checks. Go to discountlots.com today and make land ownership easy. Again, use the promo code five, F-I-V-E, for 10% off any property on the site, or you can just call 661-485-4086 and tell them the promo code to get started. That's Five F I V E. Get started and begin your dream of land ownership with discountlots.com. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? 
If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. Welcome back to the second part of Three Yards Per Carry. It is our weekly preview of the game on Sunday at home, at a home opener against the Denver Broncos. It's Thursday evening as we're recording it. We're about an hour, just under an hour away from the 49ers and the Giants on Thursday night football. In the first half of the show, we looked at what happens when the Dolphins had the ball. In the second half, we shall look at what happens when Denver has the ball. And some of the important things and interesting things to note, guys, with the Broncos, obviously Russell Wilson uh, really, really struggled last year under Nathaniel Hackett. There's been a sort of a meeting of minds in terms of Sean Payton coming in and kind of bringing Wilson under you know, under his heel and saying, look, this is what I want from you. I don't need the freelancing. I don't need all the off-field stuff. I needed to be refocused like you were in Seattle. And actually, he looks a lot better in, in two games. He's kind of... He's cooking a little bit more, 11th in yards per attempt, 8th in big-time throw rate, 10th in adjusted completion rate, um, and, and he's playing fairly well. I mean, he struggled in the second half last week, but, you know, Javonta Williams coming back to form as the running back, coming off the big injury from last year, and the, de- the development uh, of Marvin Mims, who they drafted from Oklahoma to join Jerry Judy, who's kind of underperformed in his career, but also Cortland Sutton as well, that kind of big physical receiver so they have the talent certainly at receiver and at running back Chris to you know to cause the Dolphins some problems because they've got speed they've got route running ability and they've got that kind of physicality yeah I think that um this is this is obviously the the part of the the team if we're gonna lose this game you know what's what are we gonna not have control of it's gonna be their offense um that that's you know with Sean Payton calling the shots and uh Russell Wilson playing a little bit more under control uh, the potential for them to run the ball and uh, be very physical in doing so uh, against Vic Fangio's defense, which we've sort of are started to establish that um, if there's a weakness there on that uh, on our defense, it's it's going to be where where we can screw up is going to be run fits and um, and losing control of the ground game. Um, so you know that's that's the area of uh, of the game where we could potentially lose it. And so, you know, yeah, that, that is absolutely, um, that is absolutely the problem. I would say this though. Uh, I, you know, Sean Payton has played or has coached against Vic Fangio because Sean Payton's always coached the offense, but Sean Payton has coached against Vic Fangio 
with the New Orleans Saints uh, four times. And in all four of those games, they definitely offensively did far worse than they usually did for the rest of the season. I mean, they're, we're, we're talking if we're, whether you want to whether you want to uh, tabulate first downs, you know, a couple less first downs, uh, three less points. You know, um, you're talking uh, uh, worse, a lot worse pass yardage, like four, 40 or 54 yards worse pass yardage, more turnovers, just just all the way around a worse day. Uh, against Vic Fangio's defense, but what do they typically do in those games? They run the ball more, and um, and I think that that's you know it's just going to be it's going to be the same thing. Sean Payton knows how to uh, try and exploit and, and attack a Vic Fangio defense. Um, you know he really did it successfully the very last time they played, and uh, I think it was 2020 with the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, part of that was the the Denver offense was just abysmal. I think they went with something like ten straight drives that were three, four, or five and out, or uh, or turnovers or something like that. It was just absolutely atrocious. But, um, but yeah, so this is a, this is how they're going to attack us. I think they're going to run the ball and do a lot like what the Chargers did, uh, lift from that game, and then uh, see if uh, Russell Wilson can make some plays. Now, if you think Vic will be fired up about going back to the team that fired him as head coach. Uh, yeah, I, I would hope so. And I will say this. Uh, Charlie Weiss once said that we have a decided schematic advantage. Now, that's kind of ridiculous to say, right? But uh, a Vic Fangio defense does have a decided schematic advantage against a quarterback like Russell Wilson. First of all, Russell Wilson has been sacked nine times in two games. So that bodes well for the Dolphins pass rush this Sunday. But Russell Wilson has become even more adverse to throw into the middle of the field. And Vic Fangio's defense has progressively become more of a middle-of-the-field open defense, and it was this past week against Mac Jones. So it's what Vic Fangio's defenses do best against what Russell Wilson does worst. So you got to think that unless Russell Wilson is going to change it up on this Sunday, that Vic Fangio is going to have his number. He's going to have him pretty much under control because he's going to have guys placed into spots where he's going to want to throw to. So I completely agree with Chris. Like, this is not – some people are trying to forebode a, a shootout and a Russell Wilson to a Tungo Bailoa sh- showdown. I think Denver's probably going to come in here and try to run the ball because their passing game is probably not equipped to go against what Vic Fangio wants to do as far as coverage-wise. So, yeah, uh, Vic is going to allow them to run the ball, and they have the horses to do that. I like their their offensive line much better as a run unit, as a run-blocking unit, than as a pass-blocking unit. So I would expect them to run the ball a lot on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, in Quinn Minots, they've got one of the best run-blocking guards in the league. But the tackles, Chris, have really struggled. Uh, Garrett Bowles has struggled. Uh, and really, that struggle, that decline has been now multiple seasons. Mike McGlinchey hasn't had a good start to the season. There is the opportunity for the Dolphins to make hay uh, rushing Russell Wilson, especially if Jalen Phillips uh, returns to the lineup this weekend. Yeah, I think you know that's you just nailed it with Jalen Phillips. Uh, is he going to play? I he is. I think he is legitimately banged up. So um, you know, if he plays, is he going to be, you know, a hundred percent? What are they doing that way? But if you if you look at them, it's not just it's not just. And this is what happened last year when you know everybody was talking about what a terrible job Butch Berry did with that offensive line last year. Um, because of how many sacks that they gave up. And, uh, and you know, we tried to 
say, you know, hey, pump the brakes a little bit there. There's there's some there's some reasons for that. And, you know, once again, if you look at I was we we're looking at a chart of um, of the rate at which they they throw to their first read the um the the Denver Broncos and the rate at which they you know get get pressured uh, on Russell Wilson it's still that Russell Wilson is holding the ball and you know ha- dealing with pressure on his own and you know basically the polar ex- if you think about the polar exact opposite of what Miami is doing with Tua Tua Vailoa getting rid of the ball quickly and rendering these defensive pass rushes uh, essentially just—I I, mean—they're—they're they're superfluous in the game. What they did to the New England Patriots defensive front should be illegal, um, and and because that's a strength of their of their defense and the strength of their team. Um, so they're doing the exact opposite. So they're letting the pass rush take over. So this is this is going to be a game where Jalen Phillips. And uh, Bradley Chubb are going to, and Andrew Van Ginkle, as well as uh, possibly Emmanuel Ogba, depending on you know how much playing time he's going to get. Um, this is a game where they're going to they're going to be able to run around, try and make plays on on Russell Wilson, and uh, and do some damage. Uh, you know that is if if Sean Payton doesn't uh, just run the ball every single every single time. Yeah, Alf, before we get out of here, the Dolphins' safeties, Javon Holland and Deshaun Elliott, have played very well to start the season. Kader Kohu has played very well. Generally, Xavier Howard has played well, but you, we, we've talked a little bit, both privately and on the pod, about how Xavier's hips have occasionally looked a little bit sticky, certainly in week one. There was a couple of occasions in week two against the Patriots where he got a bit grabby and he got a little bit sticky-hipped, obviously had the interception uh, and generally played well. But you're going against a guy in Jerry Judy, who is a very, very good stop and start, very quick-hipped route runner. Um, you know, is that a concern? And also the speed on the top end. You know, Marvin Mims a 438 and we uh, 40 at the combine. We saw what he was able to do last week against the commanders in terms of taking the top off the defense. Would you be concerned about that, especially when Javon comes down into the box and you've got that single high look with, with Deshaun on his own if you're looking at Mims coming over the top? Uh, I I wouldn't say I'd be concerned. I'd just be I'd be mindful of what kind of defense they're going to play. Um, I think Vic Fangio has shown that you know, and remember, you know how old people are; they, they tend to be kind of stubborn. He he doesn't want to get out of that that two shell look. So I think our guys are going to have plenty of help down the field, and they're going to rely on that pass rush. And I really do I really do think do think that Xavier Howard like this is the perfect defense for him. He's never exposed out there. They only exposed him last week because it was Devontae Parker, and it was more disrespect to the Patriots' passing game than it was anything else against the the Chargers. Xavier Howard had his they had his back almost the entire game against the Chargers. So yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be exposed. He's not going to be an island on an island against any of these guys. Uh, possibly Corton Sutton on play side, possibly because he's a more physical type and Xavier Howard has had some success with those types, but I, I doubt that he'll be on an Island with any of these speedsters, especially not Marvin Mims. Let's get to the most important part of the show, which is predictions. And I hate to tell you this boys, but I am now two and O and O as I said, it was going to be 24, 19 last week uh, in the Patriots game. And it was 24, 17. I said 27, 20. So yeah, I actually not... nailed the, the actual spread in there. Yeah. I mean, nailing yeah. the spread is not what it's about. It's getting closest to the score, mate, but you were close, but unlike Chris, who I think had a two touchdown win for the Dolphins. So anyway, Oh, let's not, 
come on, we're missed field goals away from 30 to 17. <laughs> I mean, they were an interception in the red zone away from, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't count. Just, just take your zero, mate, and just move on. That's <laughs> Chris, kick us off this week as the uh, as the competitor who's bringing up the rear. Uh, you get to go first. What, what's your prediction for this week's game? I think this is a pain for the Broncos. Um, you know, I think that this is a perfect storm stuff here with uh, an offense that gets the defense running a lot. I mean, that's Mike McDaniel's shtick. Um, he gets them running east-west. He gets them running north-south. I mean, basically, the amount of running that the defense has to do in response to uh, the offense's running is tremendous. This is a mile-high, you know, team that's coming down to to the lowlands and to the heat and humidity. It's the most opposite um, weather condition you can get. If you go back to the last time they actually did that in 2017, I know that was a long time ago, but if they did, they did that in 2017, they, they absolutely wilted in the sun, the Denver Broncos did player after player after player was going down with, uh, with cramps and, uh, and getting dehydrated um, on the defense. So I think that's a perfect storm for us offensively. Um, I think, you know, defensively you're running into, and by the way, they don't travel well. Um, last year they were one and eight on the road and, uh, and particularly it was the defense that was terrible on the road as opposed to at home. They weren't even that bad at home, to be honest. But um, but yeah, so so that's perfect storm for us offensively, uh, even missing Jalen Waddle, uh, but it, but also accounting for their missing possibly uh, Frank Clark, Justin Simmons, um, Mike Purcell, things guys like that. Um, you know, defensively for us, they are going to run the ball. They are going to try and control the game that way. And and if we allow it, you know, what happened against the Chargers to to happen again then it is, there is a possibility of uh, getting the game out of control. I just don't think that they're going to allow that to happen. So I'm going to go – I'm going to say that this is this is a nice 35-20 to 20 outing, um, and I'm still going by multiple scores uh, for, the, uh, for the Dolphins to win. Uh, Alf, your prediction, please. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's one of those perfect storms, just like like Chris said. Uh, I really like the matchup defensively against the, the Broncos offense, and that's their better unit. So when their better unit has a – has a deficiency against your scheme that bodes pretty well for a blowout. And I've never predicted this number before for a Miami dolphins offense, but this one kind of deserves it. So 40 Miami scores 40 and the Broncos score 20, 40 to 20 is the final score. I'm going to go 34 Miami and 20 to Denver. And we shall see what happens next uh, Sunday, this Sunday. Uh, and we'll be back next week, almost certainly with Chris again with zero points. But <laughs> you're undercut me by one. I know. I mean, look, as long as we win, who gives a shit? This isn't the as, price well, is right, Simon. As long <laughs> the price is always right, Chris. It's always right. Over Thank under you. Jason Sanders missed field goals. I'll have yeah, it at oh, one. Not... Over or or under one? No, he's going to be perfect on Sunday. Okay, awesome. Uh, your mouth of God's ears. Exactly. Always. Always. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Uh, we shall be back next Monday with our review. Hopefully a victory Monday yet again for the third time. You can join us on our Discord channel, uh, OnlyFins, where we will be and where we are pretty much all the time with information, chat, videos, breakdowns, the kind of usual nonsense you'd expect from the three of us if you've been around us for the past 20 years or so, whether that's been on message boards or social media or whatever. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to our sponsors. Go Dolphins, and we'll speak to you on Monday. 
Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.